You're listening to Titans Time, the tailor-made podcast for all Tennessee Titans fans. Welcome back to another episode of Titans Time. I am your host, Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Staggs. Tyler, what's up? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What about you, Tanner? I'm doing good. Uh, I decided today that I was actually going to go outside and I was going to work out. Because, of course, with the the whole uh, coronavirus thing and everybody kind of stopped going out for a while, stopped going. I'm going to use that as my excuse that I stopped going to the gym and then never picked back up. So today I wanted to pick back up. And so, you know, I was doing some circuits and I was kind of running a little bit, twist my ankle. So now, uh, got looked at by some myself. So some experts probably going to be out like four to eight weeks. Uh, possible. I'm going to miss the, the start of the preseason. And so it was pretty rough and it's a good thing that my ankle isn't going to keep me from talking into a microphone. So that is a very good thing. But I mean, really, could you have picked a hotter day to try and jump back into it and getting outside and doing this stuff? I mean, it really wasn't that bad until I twisted my ankle, and which I'm kind of a baby about my ankles anyways. But once I done that, it was, it was over. Also, I mean, with this heat, we see these NFL players in the preseason when they start trying to get back into football shape. They start cramping up a lot, so no cramps, anything like that. It was everything was was completely fine except for my ankle, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm very questionable for the start of the preseason. Well, luckily, as of right now, there's only uh, two preseason games that may well, change. The whole preseason is questionable, and the season is questionable. Honestly, at this point, um, you know, two preseason games have been canceled, and those those are the week one and the week four games. So instead of canceling week one and week two to give more time to come up with a solution, you're going to cancel week one and week four, which gives you more time between the preseason and the regular season to make adjustments based on what you learn from the preseason. But the, anyways, there are certain rules for these preseason games. Players can't share stuff on the sidelines. Uh, media is banned from the locker room. Players and coaches don't have to wear masks, but anyone else that is on the sideline is required to. And, of course, the one thing that has kind of become big news is no jersey swaps. But that's for the whole season, from my understanding. I mean, yeah, I would assume that they're probably going to do that for the whole season. But my thing is, and I I get that you're trying to limit exposure, but they've just sweated on each other and hugged and tackled each other for Two or three hours. Exactly. What's a couple more minutes going to hurt for them to talk and exchange jerseys if they want to? Exactly. Before they go shower and clean themselves up and, you know, try to kill all the germs or whatever. But anyway, I don't know. I don't get that. Um, As far as canceling two preseason games, the NFL Players Association has came out and they have kind of said, you've canceled. What's the difference between playing two and four? And, I mean, I get that's less – times of players going out on the field and less chances for exposure um me personally uh I like the preseason I know a lot of people say that we could do without it I like it honestly at this point who knows what's going to happen with training camp who knows what's going to happen with the regular season but what we do know right now is that two preseason games are for sure canceled potentially the whole preseason what what do you think about that 
I'm with you on this. I like the preseason games, mainly because, and I have said this over our past couple of podcasts when we've talked about some preseason stuff, it gives these guys that aren't as well-known chances to make the team for special team or to add depth to certain positions and maybe come in in certain situations during the regular season if they're able to make the team. But without the preseason or with the preseason being shorter, you're going to have coaches putting their main guys out there so that they can get into a rhythm. They can, you know, get that chemistry built back up and be firing on all cylinders by the time the regular season gets here. So by only having the two preseason games, the guys that are trying to fight to make the roster you know, they're not going to have as many chances and won't be able to get out there and really showcase what they can do. I mean, this really puts a lot of pressure on those guys because with just two preseason games, if you, you go, have limited opportunity, if you go out and have a bad game, I mean, that could be it for you. You don't have three more games to try and make it up and really show them what you can do and what your potential is. Well, there have been a couple of coaches that have, in like in a roundabout way, said that they really don't make their decisions based off the preseason. But in my opinion, if you have two guys that are kind of on the bubble to make the roster and you're trying to decide between those two guys, you go out and you play a preseason game and say they're both cornerbacks and you have them both um, out on the field, whether it be at the same time or separate times, one guy comes out with two or three interceptions in the game and the other guy gets beat a couple of times gives up a touchdown if those two guys are on the bubble you're going to pick the guy that just played well in a game showed that he can do it in a real game situation i mean i don't see how in in certain in certain situations yes the coaches have most of their decisions made from practice and from training camp yeah, but right now, training camp and practice is up in the air That's as well. That's stuff that, so. that hasn't happened yet. And, so. I mean, really, like you said, they have most of their decisions made by the time the preseason games really get here. You know, they've seen them in training camp, seen them in practice. But, like you said, they may have a couple guys who are right there on the bubble and they don't know who they're going to cut and who they're going to keep. And if they go out and perform well in that game – it's one thing for them to do good against the guys on your team. They see them every day in practice. But for them to go out against guys on other teams and actually perform and do well, I mean, that speaks volumes there. As far as canceling these games, I have literally, like, I'm not saying, like, we should cancel the season or we should play the season because, I I don't know, I'm not the one that's making those decisions and to be completely honest, I don't know, any, just like a lot of people, I don't know anything about how this virus spreads. I literally have no idea. I, I mean, I'm sure that we have some idea of, you know, whatever. But things, there's a lot of things that are still up in the air about this thing. And people don't really know like a whole lot about it or about what will for sure help to knock it out. So, I mean... There, I don't think that you can completely avoid it because, I mean, it's literally a virus. It's kind of like the flu. But, I mean, I'm not going to, like, try to get the flu. 
but at the same time, there's been people that have played games with the flu and I mean, things like that. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, cause I'm not, re- I don't know that much about it. So I'm not saying like we have to cancel them or we have to play them one way or the other. I'm just kind of seeing how it all plays out and reacting to it. Right. And I'm doing the same thing, you know, as a fan, I'm wanting games to be played this year. It would I, be great if if all the games could be played. I don't care if I can't go to a game. I just want to watch football every Sunday. Right. You know, everyone who – and it doesn't just have to be football. It can be basketball. You know, the NBA has players down in Orlando right now. They're fixing to start games, I believe, at the end of this month, playing in to get into the playoffs and then have the playoffs everyone is really missing sports right now. I mean, you can only watch so many movies and so many uh, shows before you get tired of that. Every sports, you don't know what's going to happen. And there are some people that are still in their houses every day. And, you know, I mean, they're not going to jobs and stuff. And they're still in their houses. And, you know, they're like, they need sports because, like, what are they going? What are, what else are they going to do? Like you said, there's so, only so many movies and things that you can watch. If there's any way to get this thing going, it's got to happen. Because, right. like, like I said, from the fan that's you know that I am of football and just sports in general, I want to see them playing these games. But at the same time, as a human being, I don't want these guys to go out and end up really risking their lives if some of these guys do have underlying health conditions and get this virus and end up passing away from it. Like, you know, I definitely do not want that. But like you said, right now we just have to wait and see what happens and react to it as it does. Well, I mean, and you also have to think about there is the, um, uh, I can't remember exactly which sport it was, but there was a sport uh, and they were like finding people. Maybe it's the MLB but they're finding people for going outside of their hotels and stuff. And AJ Brown actually quoted the tweet and he's, it was something I can't remember the exact words. So the, I mean, this is not like an AJ Brown quote or anything, but he said something along the lines of, um, I love my job or my sport or whatever. Uh, but I'm not putting that over being able to be with my family. And I mean that that's kind of like the situation that the people in Orlando are in right now playing for, playing for the NBA like they're having to go play their sport and be away from their family if that's what their sport is deciding is the best thing for them to be able to play you know keep them away from their families and keep them separated literally from everybody else that's not playing that sport or a part of that sport and I mean that's got to be tough for people that are playing right which I do like uh the way the NBA is going to tackle it with even though they do have them away from their family they are also keeping like the players and their families uh well-being in mind you know these players they're going to be i think they're going to be getting tested like every week or something like that or you know i can't remember exactly how it breaks down but they're going to make sure that you know if a player tests positive He's not going back to his family to carry it to someone else. So, but, you know, like I said, everything with the preseason and training camp and even the regular season, all of that is up in the air right now. 
uh, and you know we'll be right here reacting to it as we find out more about it. So now I want to jump from talking about the preseason to yeah enough of the the gloom the just the sad like the the kind of down topics. Let's talk about something big. Back, back to Clowny watch. Yeah, back to Clowny. Let's. I mean, John Robinson was talking about Clowny the other day, so I think that it only fits that for probably this is like our fifth episode or probably more than that that we've talked about Jadavion Clowney. Um, John Robinson, he said in a Facebook live video with Paul Kaharski that uh, he wants to, he basically he said he wants to see Clowney in person before he makes a decision on him. The actual quote is, anytime you're dealing with whatever the contract is going to command, you want to make sure that the player is healthy, that you're able to allow your doctors to see him, to look at it, to make sure everything is going to be good. He wants the Titans doctors, which he knows and trusts, to be able to see Jadavion Clowney, look at him, and just look at that injury that he had last season, make sure that everything is going to be okay before he invests money in it. It's one thing to see a video of a guy on Twitter or Instagram, you know, working out, doing things like that, and a completely another thing to let your doctors actually get to examine him and see how healthy he is and john robinson i completely agree with him i have no arguments with what he's doing especially if it means that if our doctors do get to see Clowney, clear him and we're going to be dropping a lot of money on him i mean i want us to be on the safe side make sure he is completely healthy now, you mentioned on our website in an article that you wrote um, about other edge rushers that are still available in free agency. Uh, and, I mean, this is a pretty deep position, actually, in free agency. You have Jadavion Clowney, Everson Griffin, Clay Matthews, Michael Bennett, Terrell Suggs, Ziggy Anza, and a couple more. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of these guys, and then I'll give my thoughts on it. Well, first on Clowney, uh, we know the team's stance on Clowney. They've, I mean, they've literally they've made it apparent that if he's healthy, they wouldn't like to have him on the team. And, I mean, that just hasn't seemed to come together yet because we haven't been able to have the doctors look at him. I've made my stance on him known. It's cool if we get him. It's cool if we don't. The whole basis of that article that you were talking about was literally based on the fact that edge is the deepest position in free agency right now. And if he wants to be signed, he's going to have to lower his price because the behind Clowney, yes, he's by far the best that's available, but right behind Clowney, you can go and get Everson Griffin and behind him, there's two or three more guys that you can go get that could still make an impact on your team. And I mean, like I said, it's by far the deepest class. Everson Griffin, um, if you can get him a lot cheaper than you can get Clowney, I would rather take that. Because Clowney's price, uh, it, it, is, it is expensive. Uh, I think that he's going to have to come down below $15 million, probably closer to like $13, 14000000 if he's going to want to get a deal and play. All right. You make some good points there. When I look at this list of you know, edge rushers that are still available. Here's how I kind of break it down. I have Jadavion Clowney and Everson Griffin as, you know, like your tier one guys. 
those are the guys who, if you want the biggest impact on the game, they're going to be spending a lot of time out on the field for you and disrupting offenses. Those are the top two guys. Those are the ones that you pay more for. Um, you know, Clowney, he's 27. Then you have Griffin, who's 32. Jump down to Ziggy Anza, 31. Michael Bennett, I think he's 34. Clay Matthews, 34. And then Terrell Suggs is 37. Are you putting all those guys that you mentioned after Everson Griffin tier two? I would say, yeah, probably tier two. Um, they're going to be good additions, but they're not like going to make as big of an impact as Jadavion Clowney and Everson Griffin. Right. All of these guys have had their times where they made a big impact on the game. Um, Ziggy Anza, not taking anything away from the guy. He may be more like tier three, like he's bottom of the tier two. Um, Clay Matthews, you know. He's just been consistent his whole career. Right. But whenever I look at these guys, if there's a guy that I think is really going to impact the Titans' defense and help out the most, if it's not Clowney, it's going to be Griffin. But those are the only two that I would really want to see the Titans go after unless they're just planning on adding more depth. Um, you know, Suggs, he was on, I believe, the Chiefs last year. He did make some big plays, but it's not like every play he was disrupting the offense like I think that Clowney and Griffin can do. Well, and I'm against an older guy like that just because of what happened with Cameron Wake last season. I'm glad you mentioned Cameron Wake. With, you know, he, he had the, the safety... Um, early in the season, I can't remember who it was, uh, against the Browns. It was the first game of the season. Um, he come out in that Browns game and was on fire. Well, I mean, look at the score. The whole team was on fire, and then they just didn't look the same after that. So, right. Which, like you said, these older guys, which really any player can have injuries. Older guys, they're usually a little bit slower. More and, susceptible to potential injuries. Right. So I'm not as big on a – 37, 38-year-old pass rusher. But at the same time, like I said, we may have been saying something completely different if Cameron Wake hadn't got hurt last year. I mean, like I, mean, I said. Maybe he has double-digit sacks last season. Exactly. Helps Harold Landry out a whole lot, and we're like, hey. I mean, when he was on the field, he was making some pretty good, a pretty good impact on the game. Maybe uh, we're not talking about even needing help at edge if Cameron Wake didn't get hurt last season. Right. So, but like I said, just looking at this list, if we can't get one of those guys, that being Clowney or Griffin, um, you know, you can look at some of these other guys, but it's definitely going to be on a much smaller contract and it's just going to be adding depth to the team. Well, kind of just looking at the whole team in general, um, j not just looking at edge rushers, do I, we have some extra money? And of course, that's why. When there's any free agent that's mentioned or anybody like Chris Jones that could potentially be traded, everyone is, or Jamal Adams, which I did, I even wrote an article about Jamal Adams, like I said in our podcast, um, I can't remember if that was two weeks ago, I think it might have been two weeks ago, yeah, well, because we missed last weekend, two weeks ago, um, I mentioned Jamal Adams, you know, 
he would have been a good piece to add to this defense. They're asking way too much for him. I'm out on that now. It's it, it's they're. I, th- I mean, I think they want like two first round picks or something, and then he's going to ask for a lot of money. But our extra money that we have is why every time something like that comes up, people are like, "Well, the Titans, Titans are a good fit. The Titans could work." Um, do I want to see that extra money used? I wouldn't mind because we definitely have some holes that we could fill. We need some kicking competition. We might uh, need a veteran wide receiver. There are potentially some more pass rushers like we've talked about. But we also have a lot of contracts coming up next season. That extra money would be useful then too. So right now, it's all kind of a pick and choose situation. And I'm finding myself kind of in between everything, just kind of interested to see how it plays out. Exactly, and that's where I'm at too. Uh, you know, like I said, I just wanted to mention these other guys because they are guys that can. You know, the Titans could add if they wanted to, just if they were wanting to add more depth, but they're not going to have the same impact on the game, in my opinion, that Griffin or Clowney would have. Now, speaking of all that extra money the Titans have, Derrick Henry, we've learned earlier this week that the Titans and Derrick Henry still are nowhere close to getting that long-term deal worked out. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's at least how it comes across, that they're not close, you know. I mean, just with the way that John Robinson said, we've got, what, like, you know, a week, and he he didn't seem very optimistic about it. I don't know. I'm not in the middle of those negotiations. Mike Vrabel, when he went on NFL now, he didn't really have anything to say about it. Here's why I think that Derrick Henry will not get a long-term deal done this offseason. So, John Robinson has talked about the uncertainty of the salary cap and all of the changes that the NFL is having to go through this year. Basically, to to just put it into perspective, the NFL is losing a lot of money because they're not able to have all their fans. They might be able to make up for some of that with advertisement, but who knows if they're going to make it all up. You have to be aware of the that fact, if you're a GM, that if the NFL loses money, they control the salary cap. If they lose money... They're going to bring it down. And, you know, I mean, they take it down. There's less money that you have to distribute among your players. And when that happens, if you have $50 million invested in Henry or invested in somebody else, what happens? What happens if you're the Chiefs and you have 500, or, yeah, $500 million invested in Mahomes, half a billion invested in Mahomes? What happens at that point when the NFL lowers the salary cap? That's my point of why I don't think he's going to get a long-term deal done this offseason, but I'm not worried about it because he's on a franchise tag. He's still going to be here. We can still negotiate next offseason. Yeah, that's very good points. Um, you know, we've kind of been opposites on this ever since, you know, the franchise tag got put on Derrick Henry. You were kind of leaning towards they weren't going to get a deal done. Me, in my gut, I was thinking that they would end up getting a deal done before, you know, July 15th, so next week. And, you know, now that we're less than a week away from that, I'm sitting here and I'm starting to get a little worried about it because I want them to get that deal done this year. But when it comes down to it, like you said, he's on the franchise tag. We have him for this next year. 
I just hope that's what that, I'm saying. He's secured for next season, so right. I just don't want there to end up being any bad blood between him and the Titans because he ends up having to play under the franchise tag this next year. I mean, I know he signed it pretty much right away, and you know they've both sides have pretty much said, you know, hey, we're still talking. Derek Henry said he wants to be a Titan. Obviously, they want him to be a Titan. Right. They want him to be a Titan. So, you know, they both want to end up getting that deal done. I just hope that there's not going to be any bad blood if it doesn't get done this off season. And there's not a lot of time left to do that. Do I still want him long-term? Yes, I do. For right now, I'm not stressed out about it because I think that signing him long-term next off season with how everything's so uncertain right now, and we really don't know what's going to happen with the, the salary cap and everything, having that kind of clarity next off season of kind of how everything has played out and will continue to play out might help a little bit in negotiations because before all this started, we were talking about sign Derek Henry now because in a couple of years, the salary cap could be so high that you literally have him for so cheap. That's what we were talking about with the Tannehill deal, you know? And at first we were like, I mean, yeah, it's an okay deal. Mahomes gets his deal. Tannehill deal looks great, but either way, in a couple of years, it would have looked so much better because the salary cap was expected to go up so much. But now, that's not really so certain anymore, and that's why I am completely in on waiting until next offseason before signing Derek Henry to a long-term deal. I'm not going to be mad if they do get a deal done. I mean, that'd be okay with me, but... I think that John Robinson is kind of seeing it that way, and that's why there's not anything really done yet is because he's kind of uncertain, just like everybody else, of how this is all going to go down. Right, and you know, like I said, for me, I'm still hoping in these last couple of days they get the deal done. You know, I'm ready to go ahead and have him locked down long term. But at the same time, if it comes down to having to negotiate with them you know, next off season, just make sure you get the deal done then and keep him a Titan for as long as you can. Hey, I mean, we've talked about what happens if they don't keep Derrick Henry long-term in that situation. Listen, I'm just, at this point, this has pretty much been the uncertainty podcast. We literally, this whole, however long we've been talking, everything right now, nobody knows what's going to happen. Literally no one knows how the NFL season is going to go, how it's going to look, or anything like that. I mean, at this point, if Derrick Henry is not a Titan for next season, I'm just I'm rolling with the punches because it's everything is so uncertain right now. I want him long term, but hey, Darrington Evans is good. He He's good. I think he's going to be better alongside Derrick Henry, but we really just have to see how it goes because it, it it's – there's no way to know. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, Evans, he's good. But I think the pairing of him and Henry together is just going to be so great for the Titans offense. And I want to have them both. And guys, I believe that's all we have for you today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing. Anything else you'd like to hear. 
Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Titans Time Podcast. We have a couple videos up there, uh, hoping to have some more up before too much longer. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Turn on the post notifications and leave us comments there. Let us know anything you might want to see on the YouTube channel. Also, guys, make sure you check us out on Twitter, Titans underscore time. Check out our Instagram, Titans Time Podcast. And check out our website, titanstimepodcast.com. Always got articles going up on there, um, just about the Tennessee Titans and about the NFL. So go check it out. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.